Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Welcome back to the All Bodies on Bikes podcast. Yay. Uh, yeah, we took a little summer vacation. We did. Uh, did you get up to anything fun? I did not. Um, I had a, I weirdly, I had a week off while we were off, but it was ending two jobs to start a new one. Oh, and I was so anxious because I'd been working two jobs for like a year and a half and then just didn't have anything for a week. So I just like sat in my apartment going, I feel like I'm doing something really wrong because I don't have anything to do. Yeah. That's always such a weird feeling when you're just like, or like during the COVID times when it shut down and it was like, yeah. uh, what do I do with my life? Mm-hmm. But it's good to be back. It is. Yeah. It is. We are glad to be here. What did did you do? Did you do anything fun recently? Eh, you know, a little thing called ragbri. Um, you know, just rode my bike across the state. Yeah, which I was like kicking myself because there were so many like fascinating people and stories that I wanted to capture that we're going back next year. I say we because I'm bringing <laughs> you on the road with me. I'm excited. And we're going to get some audio. I did manage to get a Heck little yeah. bit of audio. Um, <laughs> we were in a church. Um, Great. Getting, uh, they were letting us, you know, take refuge from the 100 degree heat. And so me and my friend Maggie, actually, that I met on the ride. She must be uh, excellent. She is excellent. <laughs> we stood in line for ice cream. Um, it was like an hour long line for ice cream. And then we ate it in a church. And it was the best ice cream I think I've ever had. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so we recorded like a five minute conversation. I haven't listened to it yet. So the audio might be awful. Um, but I would love to like sit down and actually have you interview me about my ragbri experience. Let's do that. Okay. Yes. So maybe next week. Um, okay. But this week on the podcast, we actually have somebody that I have been a fangirl of on Instagram Ooh. for a while. Same. Um, yeah. So it's kind of fun to like turn the tables a little bit. And I'm really, really excited to interview this person. Um, and Maggie, you actually brought her to the show. Um, how did you find her? Um, in Instagram stalking. Uh, I love I love a, a bike situation that feels utterly ridiculous. But somebody's just like, well, I might as well do it because I mean, all you have to do is ride your bike. Um, so, you know, why would I not ride my bike from, it was from Michigan to California, right? Yeah. yeah. Why would I not do that? I have a bike. I should ride it from Michigan to California. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear the so, story. Yeah. Um, and I wish you all could see Jen right now on, <laughs> uh, on zoom. Um, I think we might be embarrassing her a little bit or freaking her out. I don't know, but let me read her bio and then we'll start chatting. Sound good. Yes. Blushing. Cool. Oh, I love it. Okay. So Jen Levine, otherwise known as Chubby Bike Lady on Instagram, has just completed a ride from Michigan to California. Maggie let the spoiler out, but that's fine. I did. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> interestingly, <laughs> Jen cannot ride alone because of her seizure risk, so her kids carried her gear and were her SAG crew. If you're not familiar with SAG, it's support and gear, and we'll talk about that. 
Um, Jen has lived with epilepsy for much of her life and recently overcame cancer, embarked on the journey, excuse me, embarking on the journey to mark a new chapter in her life, all while raising money for the Michigan Epilepsy Foundation, where she was originally diagnosed. Jen came to bicycling as an adult because as a child, she was plagued by severe epilepsy. Her family was cautious about letting her ride a bike until she was 12 years old. After subsequent falls, they took the bike away and she didn't return to biking until she was 21. Jen lives in the Bay Area of California and uses her bike to commute every day. Wow. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow. I'm just like blown away by all of that. So mm-hmm. um, where do we start? I don't know. Maggie, what do you think? <sighs> Oof. I will. Let's just bikes seem like a good place. How did <laughs> like, you know, what kind of what is your history with bikes we heard a condensed version but yeah so I um I I had severe epilepsy as a child so I fell a lot and my parents uh were it's it's kind of before the time where kids could be on bicycles uh that had epilepsy now kids with epilepsy get to go to summer camp get to do lots of different things but at the time you know um my my parents were like no we're not putting on a bike so they took the bike away and um it's understandable you know, I, risk of fall yeah, and you don't want fall, I kept falling I kept falling and hitting my head and getting concussions and um and so like at 21 I uh I read in a magazine actually 20 I read in a magazine about this woman who had survived a plane crash and she rode her bicycle from Twin Cities to Chicago for the AIDS ride um oh, yeah. it was called the Tangeray AIDS ride and at that time, I had never traveled outside of Michigan. And um, I was kind of like living from house to house, friends to friends. Um, but I had lost uh, a friend to AIDS um, when I was 18. And I thought, okay, this might be a cool way. And my friends can help me. And I'll, I'll, I'll go f- try to find a bike. So I found a bike at a garage sale. I just got a bike. I didn't even know like what kind yes. of bike. And I got a marching band whistle and I rode up and down Woodward Avenue in Detroit, which if anybody's from Detroit, that's terrifying. And my friends would like, you know, holler out the window, you got five more miles. And I, I would, I just trained up and down, riding up and down Woodward Avenue. Um, and then I Heck did yes. this bike ride. I wore cotton and sweatpants. My first day, I was the last one in uh, camp and um, there were people waiting for me at the gate at Tent Village cheering yes. me out. the last one in. Wow. Uh, rain that day. I didn't have a rain jacket. I didn't have the, I didn't even know I needed a rain jacket, um, but they cheered me on and they got me through that. I rode all the way from Twin Cities to Chicago through Wisconsin. At the finish, my friends were there and they, it was like such a huge uh, experience for me. And I didn't have any seizures the whole time. Wow. Um, which was pretty big. And yeah. um, from that, I kind of dabbled in cycling. Uh, from that, you know, I uh, I kind of continued to do a little event here, event here. I, I thought I had dreams of being a triathlon or triathlete, you know. Um, and uh, then uh, I had I had my seizures went away for a while and I learned to drive. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, okay. I kind of moved away from bicycling a little bit. Um, and then uh, my seizures returned when, mm-hmm. uh, and they returned as a surprise. Uh, and I had a pretty significant fall and a traumatic brain injury. Mm. Um, Sorry to hear that. Time, yeah, yeah. At that time, I had to relearn how to do everything. 
Um, and that was when really I was, I had moved to California at that time. Uh, and my community really helped me get, you know, my children and I bicycles so they could get to school. Um, and I had to learn how to bicycle and to sustain myself. Um, I started a company called Two Little Made <laughs> because at the time I, my job that I was currently doing was too stressful to do full time. Yeah, sure. um, and I started a business by bicycle and uh, that really is what got me back into cycling. Uh, as I got stronger, I could go farther. I could see more of California um, and it just kept going and kept going. And um, yeah, and then Chubby Bike Lady happened. My I kept showing up for bike rides and people would be like, you do know that we're going over a big hill, right? Like, you know, this is going to be a 10 mile, this is a fitness ride, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know it's a fitness ride. That's why I'm here. And, or they would say, well, you know, if she can do it, um, you know, you can do it. Like not even knowing what I do or how much I ride or where I ride. Or yeah. Or anything, anything about yep. you. Really anything. Right. And so I would go home and I'd cry. And my daughter was like, I think nine, 10, you know, like, preteen at the time like so cool you know she <laughs> said you should start an instagram mommy you should start an instagram called chubby bike lady and i was like no 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 nobody wants to see a chubby bike lady no, no. she's like it's not for anybody else it's for you you know because your memory is affected you can use it like a journal and then also like whenever you're feeling bad if someone has some crap to say you can like look and say look i did this and, yes and i was like okay nobody's going to follow me, but all right, you know, <laughs> and, and so I eat chubby bike lady. Oh my gosh. Um, where am I at? Wow. That's um, amazing. It sounds like you raised some incredible kids yes. um, <laughs> who give out wonderful advice. Um, because yeah, I mean, that's honestly, that's why I started my Instagram too, was just to, you know, post my stories to myself or not. It wasn't even stories at the time, but just post my memories. And then if somebody else got benefit out of it, cool. Yeah. Um, what is the reaction? A, part of having the brain injury means I can't remember things. So then now it becomes like a visual memory, visual aid for me. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, sorry, one second. Um, <clears throat> apologies for that. Um, so distractible. Well, oh my gosh. Okay. So sorry. I'm going to back up a little bit here. Um, a, your daughter sounds absolutely amazing. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> so um, what is your your experience on Instagram been like? Um, you know, are, have people been receptive to it? Um, do you get any pushback from people? Um, just curious to hear about that experience. So sometimes, you know, sometimes <laughs> people. So the other day I was out at a ride. Sometimes because, people, yes, <laughs> so just sometimes that. I get things like if I wore less clothing, that I'd have more followers, and that's okay for them. Wait, if you wore, somebody said if you wore <laughs> less clothing, you would have more followers. Yes. And that's okay. Delete. <laughs> it um, is I okay. Am, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I, I, it's if for me. Like, I, I don't. I, I just want to. I just want to rock it and shred. I just want to shred the way I want to shred. The way my brain can shred. The way my body can shred. Like, I want to shred for all the people who have epilepsy, who can't leave their house, or yes. who have Lyme disease and who whose bodies hurt all the time. Like, mm -hmm. I want to shred for those people. Like. I, I want to shred with, with my clothes on. If that's fine, that's fine for me. That's how I feel. But like, I get things like, I, I mean, you know, I, I've had some people like my kids are like, Oh, if you have haters, that means you're popular mom. Mm -hmm. You know? So like, 
So like, you know, I look to the children, you know, the children are like, mom, that's cool. You have haters. That's cool. You know, so it doesn't bother me. Um, but I get a lot of really cool people who sometimes I feel uh, uh, they feel inspired by my chubbiness, but then they also feel inspired by my disability. But you know what? It's okay. Like, uh, I dig it. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I, I think that, um, I, I really want to, I want my kids to see me have fun. I don't, I don't know how long I'm going to be on the planet. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't take that for granted. Like, yeah. I don't know how long I'm going to be alive. Like, I, I just want my kids to see me have fun and have joy and like see me like roll on the bike and see me more than just someone who works all the time and tries to pay the bills and have to hustle all the time. Like I want my kids to see me play and see yeah. me have fun and see me smile and see me dance when I get to a, you know, a hard part on a hill, you know, like, I want them to see me so that when yeah. they're, when they're older and I'm no longer here and they think about me, they think about all those complexities, you know? Yes. And they're going to. Yeah. They yeah. are going to. Yeah. Uh, I loved, I loved the, the dancing videos at the different state signs <laughs> with everybody. Dog yeah. That's included. because of Ryan Van Duzer. So, mm. so I, I, so, so, so I've always loved Ryan Van Duzer kind of inspired me to bike tour, but especially so I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer in October and my kid I was really sad about it so I lost my mom to ovarian cancer we all have the BRCA gene and okay. so like it was it was really sad because I lost my mom at 55 and I, I did I this was not it was not I did not it was not a good thing I was not super positive <laughs> I, I it was I was very upset about it but the kids yeah. bought me they knew that Ryan Van Duzer, who I talked about, he's going to release his book. So right before surgery, it was Hanukkah. And so the children got me uh, Ryan Van Duzer's book. And I was like, they're like, you know what? If you get well, then we'll do the ride. And then mm. we'll both see Ryan Van Duzer. And it'll be great because Ryan Van Duzer will sign your book. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to do the ride. Like, I'm not going to be able to do the ride. But back in my head, I was like, I'm going to get better. The kids and I are going to go see Ryan Van Duzer and Ryan Van Duzer is going to sign my book. Like somewhere in the back of my head, I was like, I'm going to do this ride. I'm mm -hmm. going to get through this, this stupid cancer stuff. Michelle fat. And, and then I'm going to go have Ryan Van Duzer sign my book. So like, that's it. So that's why we danced at all the state lines because Ryan Van Duzer dances at state lines. I convinced my children to dance and I convinced myself to dance because I don't, I don't dance, I don't dance, but I danced and they picked the songs. They picked the songs and Love I it. dance. I, a lot of times, if you look at the videos, I'm looking at my daughter, like, what do I do? That's so awesome. <laughs> um, I, I had the pleasure to meet Ryan Van Duzer. Um, yeah, I did too. Oh yeah, my gosh. Such a cool guy. We, we definitely need to get him on the podcast if we can, but did you end up getting to meet him? So Oh my God. So I, I, so the kids and I sent it, sent him an email. He called me on my personal phone. I'm like, I can never delete this. Like, like I'm like, I'm a fan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and he was like, you're in Boulder. Come to my house. I'm like, Oh my gosh. No, you, you can't even like, like <laughs> they're looking at me. They're like, they're like, mom, breathe, mom, breathe, mom, breathe. I'm yep. like, this mm -hmm. is really for really happening. And mm -hmm. yeah, he invited us to his house and, and, um, you know, the kids were like completely blown away. He was super right. nice. That's and so he fantastic. He signed the book. There you go. Cool. Which was, and it was like midway through the trip. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. What I a, what a moment. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. And the kids were like really excited. 
because you know that really kind of got me through yeah you know i mean the 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 trip was delayed one month um i mean that's it <laughs> well we haven't even talked yeah. about the trip yet so let's yeah. um let's go let's back it up back it up so you had yeah. ovarian cancer this past october yeah and i had wow. treatment all the way by surgery i had a uh, uh, ophorectomy, hysterectomy, and they removed some muscle tissue as well in my abdomen in January 5th of wow. this year. Wow. Holy and cow. And so I was off my bike. They took me off my bike for seven weeks and like eight days. And I, I was, it was a lot of time off the bike. And then to get back on the bike. So I had no training. I mean, I had all the training of all the years. But right. Sure. I didn't like train for this. Um, and you know, I had missed all that work and, um, yeah. So I, pretty... I just, I just, I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to do it. I had yeah. To do it. And yeah. so I have never undertaken a trip of that magnitude. Um, and so I guess to, I keep saying this a lot, back up a little bit. Um, so you rode from Michigan to California, um, yeah. with your kids riding or driving SAG. Um, yeah. so, how long did the trip take you? I'm just going to ask you some like basic okay. trip questions, like yeah. set the stage and then we'll dive in. So yep. how long so did I the started, trip take? I started at Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is where Eastern Michigan University is where both of us, Jakob and I both graduated from Eastern Michigan. So he went to my alumni. Uh, and um, and then I rode from there. It took seven weeks. So crazy. Just seven weeks and three days. Wow. Um, how it works is for the most part, um, the, ch the, the children would go like when we were in the flats, the children would go ahead 40 or 50 miles. They could call me on the cell phone, um, until I lost my cell phone in Kansas. Um, they could, then we got hunting radios in the mountains. It got a little scarier because of, uh, altitude and epilepsy. Yeah. It can trigger seizures. However, I felt tremendously clear. I, I felt so clear. Um, but they still stayed about five miles ahead of me, uh, just because of, um, because I'm climbing and I get tired and fatigue, which can trigger a seizure or descend are dangerous when you have seizures because I have no warning. Um, so they were about five miles ahead of me. Um, and the, the deal was if it took me over an hour to get five miles to them, then they would have to come back and find me, um, or call for me on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we had like a little thing. Uh, we would, I would take, uh, I, I call them forest rest days because I was so curious because I, I had never really, I, I never really traveled across America. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was so curious. I was so excited to see so many beautiful things that like I had forced rest days. Uh, I called them, I had to rest. Um, <laughs> I had to rest. So I, I would take like one to two days of rest day. Uh, um, and I would get uh, somewhere soft and uh, air conditioned mm -hmm. so I could really cool my body down. Yeah. And if we couldn't get air conditioned, we'd do ice packs on the body so I could cool my body down so that yeah. uh, I could rest, really rest. Nice. Um, yeah, it was hot. So did you primarily camp or did you do hotels or did you stay with people? What What was your lodging situation like? So we wanted to do warm showers, but because of the children being in a vehicle, we found it very difficult. However, accessibility wise, like I, I cannot travel alone. Right. Uh, it's dangerous for me. So, yeah. um, so it was always like when we went to warm showers, they're like, oh, this is for cyclists. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a cyclist, you know? Yeah. So we did a couple like warm showers, but it felt weird to us. Although the mm -hmm. people that hosted us were wonderful. Um, but it's, it's a, 
it looks different. Your finish line, your trip looks different based on your abilities or your, you know, whoever you are, right? So, yeah, so sometimes sure. we did hotels, sometimes we did Airbnbs, sometimes we did warm showers, uh, but a lot of times we did camping and RV camping because I have to have a shower. I have to have a shower. Yeah. Okay. I love showers, but sometimes I didn't have a shower, so I would, you know, I wash up. But um, in general, it was just like I liked a combination of things. Very cool. Uh, I, you know, I, you, I like that. Yeah. How did you decide what route to take? And like, how did you map that out? What did that look like? Uh, so Google Maps is wonderful, but also so is uh, Adventure Cycling. Mm. So we, mm-hmm. did a, we did a combination of things. So we did some Google Maps. We did um, the Katie Trail. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> You had those trail. those Instagram stories had me like grueling. <laughs> oh my trail. gosh! Okay, wait. Did you say the Katie Trail? Yes, I did. That's the whole right by me. Thing. Oh I did the gosh. whole thing. I so love the Katie pretty. Trail. I love everyone along the way. One time I came out and there were like these women who who were tying up a horse, and I had to check down to make sure that I was still wearing bike shorts. It was still 2023. I was like, for real. It was so <laughs> wonderful. I love the Katie show. I love anything. I love the tunnels. I love the dryness. I love, I didn't love the worm that was on my arm, but I loved, I didn't, I didn't necessarily like the dirt because I'm a city girl. Mm. I loved it. It's beautiful. <laughs> I tell everybody, I wear my shirt. I have a shirt that says Katie show. I'm like, I do the whole thing. You got to go. Everybody has to go there. Um, I love the Katie show. So I did the Katie trail. I rode over the Eads in St. Louis. I rode over the Eads Bridge listening to the Moana soundtrack, which is awesome. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, that's thank you. Thank you, Google Maps. They're, they're sketch. Uh, and then I did the, once I got to Pueblo, Colorado, I I did the uh, a Western Express route for adventure cycling. Okay. That is tough. That should have warning labels on it. It should say warning warning you have to really be friends with the mountains mm, okay. i feel like that's anywhere in the west though like you know when yeah. you get to colorado utah that area wyoming like it's just mountains and you yeah. gotta get up and over them yeah. somehow yeah i kept saying to the children like is there any way we could go around this <laughs> you know, and miriam would say to me mom like no like there's no <laughs> Like, no, there's no way. And Yakov would say, well, mom, you can get like, you can get in the car. And I'm like, I'm not getting in the car. And the whole like thing. Like, um, and the Rockies were so beautiful that like they were worth the suffering. You know? mm-hmm. Like you're like, how can America be this beautiful? Yeah. Like, how can I be see Like, and I, at that point I had lost my iPhone. I had lost my AirPods. And then my debit card was compromised. So then anytime I needed money, I had to ask the children for money, which was great, by the way. It was so great. So like, I would, I would would like, children can have some money. They're like, yeah, okay, well, we'll get some money. You know, it was like, it was like, and then you're like, get in the car because you look tired. I was like hanging out with your parents, but. Oh my gosh. uh, It's like a a role reversal. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Colorado, I feel like Colorado changed me as a human. Mm. I had never seen Colorado, but you know, like when you're like, this is really hard this is really hard. This is really hard. And you're like, this is really hard. This is really hard. And, and then I was like, wait, but wait, wait, I've been through a lot of really hard stuff. Like, like I made it through like a traumatic brain injury yep. and brain surgery with two children under 12 years old. The same year I had brain surgery. My son had his bar mitzvah. Like I, wow. I, I just made it through cancer. Like Colorado. It's all right. Yeah. It's okay. 
I'm going to go like 2.8 miles an hour over these hills and nobody's going to check my Strava. In fact, I'm going to turn off Strava because it doesn't even matter because it's never mattered to me. Yep. I'm here right now climbing mm. a hill and I could be working. I could be cleaning someone's house right now, but right now I'm in Colorado and leaving Colorado. Like when I reached the Utah border, I, I was like, I was like, I, I had heat, I had heat sickness, you know, like mm-hmm. I cried. The children were like, we're going to dance, we got to dance, get out of the car, mom. we're going to dance, we're going to dance. I'm like, I don't want to dance. I didn't want to, <laughs> because it was my day off. Yeah. And I didn't want to dance. And they're like, we're going to dance. I'm like, I don't want to dance. I don't Your dance. children sound amazing. They do. <laughs> they're wonderful. They're, I don't know what is, you know, like you ask like, the questions, because I, been working with them with the questions, you know, and, and um, they're like, what's the best part of the trip, you know? And I don't know if it was like, you know, as a kid, you sing like, we used to sing that song, you know, America, the beautiful, you know, and, you know, Ray Charles did a great job at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I never, I, I just never really <sighs> saw America. Like I saw it from the saddle of my bicycle. At that yeah. Place. And then I also, like, I've never really seen my kids the way I got to see them. You know, because I work, I I work all the time. I, having a disability, it changes, like, how much money you can make and how much you, you can work and what you can do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just changed that for them. I just showed them, like, that they can do something really hard. I'm in a club now of things that not everybody does. And yeah. as somebody who has a severe disability like epilepsy, like I'm in a different club now. They got to yep. see that. Yeah. Like it's going to change their life. So like, I don't know what is my favorite part of like, they got to see that and be a part of that and like coach me, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah, they're awesome. My kids are <laughs> awesome. Yeah. They learned it's, a lot about the bike too. They learned a lot about the bike. They still don't like, they don't like, they, Yaakov does. My son does, but my daughter. How old are, how old are Miriam and Yaakov? Jacob is 23 and Miriam's 19. Okay. So yeah. a good age to be able to like watch you do this and like, but yeah. also be supportive of you. Oh, I'm, that's, yeah. I just have goosebumps thinking about you taking this trip um, yeah. and kind of and showing it, your kids and just, Yeah. And we were in such a, like, I, I had just made it through really like, cancer yeah and i have epilepsy <laughs> yeah they've seen they've seen me sick most of my my life you know so to see me in power um yeah was a shift for them um mm. but also like you know we had funny times we laughed we danced together i mean mormon crickets were were hilarious <laughs> that whole day was hilarious for mormon crickets. i let them sag me 40 miles 40 miles i'm like that's it 40 miles uh the morning crickets were horrible. The bugs were horrible. The biting flies were horrible. Um, they knew my limits. They yeah. knew me well. Like they, uh, the loneliest road in America, Highway 50, by the way, is so fantastic. Nobody's there. No cars. Okay. Just ride for miles. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. No red lights. No <laughs> potholes. Nothing for miles. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the best trail ever. But it's full sun. It's hot. But I didn't feel lonely. Because I, I knew that they were there down the road and, yep. them and that, 
going to be all right. You know, sometimes when I'm out on a really long ride or, you know, it's really hard. I have to remind myself that the suffering that we choose on a bicycle is a privilege. Um, you know, thinking about all the, all the stuff you've been through the, the, I want to, I almost said brain cancer, but the ovarian cancer and the epilepsy and, uh, you know, being an adult in America with a disability, like those are all choices that you didn't get to make necessarily that was dealt to you. Um, but to be able to choose to go on this bike ride and to suffer, like, I kind of love that, that different perspective of like, yeah, I can do hard things and I'm choosing to do hard things. There's some Um, power. There's, there's power in like waking up in the morning and saying, you know what, today <laughs> I'm going to climb really slowly 7,000 feet and then I'm going to mm-hmm. descend really fast <laughs> and pray to God that I don't have a seizure on my way down. But then I'm going to climb again <laughs> 7,000 feet. Like there yeah. is, th- that's the thing. And my son Yako kept telling me in the beginning to write this because we, we needed to do a GoFundMe to cover the expenses of getting a rental car because we, sure. we don't have a yeah. car. Uh, so we needed to rent a car and that was $7,000 for a rental car to get for that long. Right. And so, uh, so Yaku keeps saying, you need to write in there that this is not to, you're not someone who, who needs to face adversity that you faced adversity enough. And so this is your rest time. And I'm like, Yaku, you know, we're not going to rest, right. This is going to be rough. Right. You know. <laughs> But like, you know, and that's the thing. This wasn't about adversity. I think there's some power in being able to choose this. A hundred percent. Power in being able to go, you know what? I did this and I chose this. We, I, did, I don't have to leave this feeling wounded, hurt, or, or victimized by how hard it was. I can say it was hard and like that I rocked it. You yeah. Know, that, you yeah. know? Because you did. That's, I, yeah. I, yes, you did. I'm just blown away. And I'm also a little bit jealous because I definitely want to do something like this. Do I'm just, it. Honestly, I'm a little afraid to make the leap. Um, you know what? Do it. It's hard. It's hot. You know, I will tell you that uh, I I sometimes, you know, when I reached the desert, I was absolutely terrified. I, I thought I lost the children. The children were right behind me. I panicked. You know, you'll panic. You'll get angry. You'll get all the things, all the stories you tell yourself. Those are all there, except there's nothing else to distract you. Mm. And and uh, the weather is really there, and you really feel it. And if you have any type of disability, be conscious of that and prepare. So, for example, we know that uh, heat triggers seizures for me. Any kind of dehydration. So, at some point, I was just drinking Pedialyte because mm. we were terrified of me seizing. I was like 70 miles from a hospital. So, um, so, uh, and I need Ativan when I have a seizure because I don't come out of them. Okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, so, so we were riding through the desert and, um, you know, and, and the deal was this, you know, I would get up at four 30 by 9am. It was 111 degrees. Wow. So, which is really hard for me. Yeah. So I would ride until about eight 30. And then they would they would they would keep me put me in the car and give me ice pack and put them on and put them on the belly, and we would sit there in the car and we would wait all the way to like five or six o'clock. Wow! O'clock. And then I would get the bike out. Sometimes there was like no tower. So what do you do? You just do nothing. Just, Miriam had the best iPhone. 
course because she just had her birthday so she had like the biggest iphone she would always listen to all her music but whatever so we <laughs> so we we you know they get my bike and they'd be like all right bye mom and at seven o'clock i get my bike out and keep riding that so, is incredible so like you know because if i rode during the day, i would like you know you can i can die yeah and we don't want that no right so you have, so when you, when you have it, so like there's some, some, I posted the other day on my Instagram about how like resilience, like there was this woman who said that one thing that happens when you have a disability is you learn how to be resilient. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sometimes you're so angry about that, that you're so resilient. Yeah. But then it teaches yes. you like technique and like, you know, you're like, oh, I don't need a coach because I know that I can't handle thing, anything over 95 degrees and I'm done. So yeah. like, you know, my garments like, oh, um, we're going to turn off now because it's 111 and mm. we're not like that, you know? And yeah. I also learned that I wear black all the time. I, I'm always wearing black. Guess what? You can't wear black when it's really hot. <laughs> yeah. So I wore, I had to like go to like shops and get white shirts. It's, so like, I mean, I had to learn a lot on this, yeah. but you adapt. You're very smart and you can do it. Don't waste time like you you're not promised you're not promised time yeah and I learned that like my mom died at 55 and when when you know I, I've been thinking about doing this bike ride with Jacob because you know I've never been able to be a soccer mom so I didn't get to drop him off at college you know we're so close to I didn't get to drop him off at college you had to complain there and then uh, uber and a lift and all this right I wanted to pick him up from school and take him home you know yeah, yeah. right but I couldn't do that. And I was like, no, we should, I should just ride my bike. And so I had been thinking about it for, for many years since I first went to school. And then, and then when I got cancer, you know, it made me see like, I, I can't, like, I don't have the privilege of time. None of us do. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if you're thinking about it. You're, you have so many resources. There's so much knowledge and so many people who've done it. Do it. Yeah. For it. And then you'll learn on your way. You'll learn and then you'll know. And then you'll teach someone else, you know? Yeah. Uh one of the questions we were gonna ask you is what advice do you have for other folks who might have epilepsy? But I feel like you just gave us the best answer for anybody, you know? Know your limits and figure out what works for you. And it might not look like somebody else's trip, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Everybody's trip is everybody's their their trip. You know, yeah. and like, you know what? You may not be a camper. You may not like dirt. I don't really like dirt, but I was yeah. very dirty. And so <laughs> I brought water wipes and I washed my body a lot. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm triggered by the sun. So I had to wear two things of those sunglasses. And uh, well, unfortunately, all those sun shirts that everyone's wearing, they don't fit bigger arms like mine. So I had to get like four or five bottles of sunblock and put mm. it on all the time. Right. So like, um, you know, and they're expensive. A lot yeah. of things are expensive. And, you know, like I wore through two or three pairs of my, um, my bike shorts. So I had to get really creative and I figured out that if you, you know, use a maxi pad and a 
and underpants that you can create a bike short if you need to when you're on the road. And you get creative and you figure things out because you kind of have to. Yeah. And, and, and um, I'm good at that because I had a brain injury with two children under 12 years old as a single mom. I can figure anything out at this point. Yeah. Um, nope. but, uh, but nobody's trip looks the same. And that's okay. Jenny, you might be my hero. <laughs> Just well, I was know. gonna say because Marlene mentioned that you have some trips that you're interested in doing. Like I have two specific big, crazy, insane trips that I really want to do. Yeah. And one of the, early on in your trip, you made a post, um, and the whole point of it was like, I'm never gonna have the time. Uh, the money's never gonna be there, so I might as well not have the money or the time now. <laughs> Instead of yeah. waiting and not having it later and just never getting to do it. Mm. And I remember reading that post and being like, okay, well, that was the last push that I needed. So we're going to start planning these now. <laughs> yeah. There's never going to be the money. There's never, yeah. the yeah. never, never going to be the money. You're never going to have the time off. You're never, dude, nothing's ever going to be in the right spot at the right time. Yep. But the time is still leaving us. Like we're yeah. still getting older every year. Baruch Hashem, God forbid we live till we're 70 we, we have that privilege yeah. to live that long i hope i hope i get to live that long but i don't know if i'm going to and if i get to that means i get to go somewhere else but like i know i know what it's like to be broke and to not have the money and when, when you hear people say stuff like that you're like yeah nah i can't do that <laughs> but like i was teaching you want you want i still worked while i was out i had a, a computer and I taught Hebrew at McDonald's. So every, so I taught, uh, I teach Hebrew. I don't know. Okay. In the middle so much. of rural Utah, Colorado, Kansas, I found, thank God for McDonald's because they have free Wi-Fi. So yes. But Starbucks, you, know, you go in and they kind of look at you like, buy a beverage. But McDonald's, mm -hmm. they didn't bother me. In fact, they always were like, right? So I taught Hebrew. I taught Hebrew on Zoom, so I still get a little bit of money so that we, we if I taught Hebrew, we could get a hotel each week. Yeah. That's, That's so cool. Um, so, are you teaching? So I, I grew up Jewish. Um, yeah. Hebrew was very, very challenging for me as a child. Yeah. Um, are you teaching kids for their bar and bat mitzvahs? Are you teaching just like conversational Hebrew? I'm very curious about this. So I teach uh, all kinds of kids Hebrew, but I also teach Arabic. So if I teach both Hebrew and Arabic. My family is Iraqi, Iraqi Jews, so okay. so I teach a combination of Hebrew and Arabic. But this summer, I had five B'nai Mitzvah students. Very cool. And they, I, I attended their B'nai Mitzvah on Zoom. One kid, I was in Lake Michigan. <laughs> Another kid, I was in. It was raining. I was in Kansas. Like wow. I went to all their B'nai Mitzvot, even though I was on the bike. And it was always like, where's Miss Jen? Where's Miss Jen <laughs> right now? Yeah. So yeah. So I, I um. I'm a, I love teaching Hebrew. I was a That's so cool. before my brain injury. So um, I might've had a different experience with my bat mitzvah if I would have had yeah. you as a teacher. <laughs> yeah. I believe in not stressing people out. Yeah. It's a different um, world now. Yeah, it is. It is. And you know, we can get into this story later. I want to talk to you more later, but yeah. I, I had like switched synagogues in the middle of prepping for my bat mitzvah and like learning new trope and new, it was just not fun. Yeah. Anyway, not the point yeah. of this. Now we now we meet the kid where the kid is and we go along with the kid. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm a beloved teacher because I get I I get it. 
That's so important and so special. Yeah. Because I have my own barriers to learning and I need my time to, you know. Yeah. But teaching Hebrew in McDonald's. That's... I have so, so many people now on my Instagram work at McDonald's. Yeah. Like, Can I add you? I'm like, I'm riding my bike in South America with my kids. And they're yes. like, your kids are riding and you're you're driving. I'm like, no, no, I'm riding. My kids are carrying my stuff. And one lady was like, well, it's about time your kids carry your stuff. Because <laughs> I carry all my kids' stuff. All this. I was like, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, at, I, you know, but yet I still would meet people. Like one night I was camping and I met this mom. She had four daughters and she was like really into it that I was like riding across America. She said to me right in front of her four daughters. I know. She said to me, she said, so tell me how much weight have you lost? Oh God. And Miriam looked at me and Miriam's so fierce. She's like, Bay Area fierce, you know? Yeah. And she was like, actually mom doesn't have a scale with her right now. And we don't actually own a scale. Like that's not why mom's doing it. And I was like, Miriam, be nice. Like I'm Midwestern. I'm like, be, be, nice. be nice, be nice, Miriam. And this woman was like, oh, you know, but she added me, she added me. And hopefully Perfect. she'll get the the memo that like we don't ride bikes to lose weight and that's okay. Yeah. Like I hadn't even thought about my weight, bro. I was no. just like trying to get over that next hill. You know, yeah. what I mean? like, like we just don't, we just we don't have the we don't. It's not about the weight. It's about no. the adventure. It's yeah. about being alive. It's about your heart beating. It's about that you do really cool stuff. Like wow. Like my kids tell their friends that I do this rad stuff. If that makes me, I'm like, you're talking to your friends? Like, are you sure? You don't have to talk to your friends about it. Like, they're like, that's so cool to me that their friends think, that, like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're they're proud of you as they should be. I mean, like, yeah, not because I'm, I'm skinny or I'm fat or I'm not skinny or I'm not fat or lose weight. That's not on the table. That's my body is my body. Their mm-hmm. bodies are their bodies. Our bodies work differently. My brain works differently than your brain. My body looks different. But my body is strong and does awesome shit. Yep, you know? Exactly. You know, like, so it was so cool to hear Miriam's like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. <laughs> That's not a conversation we're yeah, having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so like, but and then, you know, the last day, so magical, uh, that somehow the Alameda News found out that I was riding home. And because uh, at first they didn't want to do a story because they wanted to do a series of stories. And um, but then I, I couldn't get a sponsor. <laughs> but then they found out I was coming home. They're like, whoa, she did this. She did this. Right. So they were like, oh, OK, we want to meet you at Crab Cove at the end. We're going to get a bunch of people together. We'd like to, you know, and my synagogue had already on the island. They had already were like, we're coming out. We're bringing all the families. Woo-hoo, right. So, um, so I, I decide it's going to be hot that day. I was in, I had rolled from Folsom to Sacramento and Sacramento was like 110. It was going to be 120 that day. Oh my God. So Sacramento to Richmond was going to be like 120 that whole way, hundred miles. Wasn't going to do that. Decided to take a train. I roll into the train station. I see this woman. She's like, Oh, are you going to go for a ride today too? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for a ride, but this is just, you know, I'm at the end of my road, I said. And she goes, oh, oh, so are you, you just rode to the train station today and then you're going to like, you know, take your bike home. And she, I was like, no, no, I rode across America. And she goes, 
and she looks at me, you know, because I'm chubby. Yeah. Lots of girth. And she goes, you ride across America? And all her friends, they're all wearing kit. They're like, you? And I was like, welcome back. Welcome back, Jen. (laughs) You know, welcome back. I'm like, yes, I just rode across America. And they're like, oh, you're wearing a Moab shirt. I'm like, yes, the chili pepper shirt. I got the chili pepper <laughs> shirt, right? And they're like, oh, right. So yeah, that was, it's interesting. And then I meet people who don't ride and they're like, you did what? Where? Huh? I can't yeah. on the street. You know, like, yep. so like, it's a mixed bag. Like people are in denial and, you know, it's interesting as a fat person who rides across America, like people are like, let me see his drama. Yeah, prove it to me. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, people, do that, people do that to me with Unbound and Mid South. Like, prove it. Prove that you weren't on an e bike. And a, what if I am on an e bike? None of your dang business. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't have to prove anything to anybody. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and uh, one other thing, uh, I was uh, at a bike ride the other day, and someone came in and was like, "Are you Marley Blonsky?" <laughs> I'm the only, it was only, I was the only chubby person there. And I just, I like, Jakob was with me and Jakob was like, yeah, she's Marley Blonsky. Yes. And, 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 and it was like, I, I just like, I wanted to like, but then I was like, okay. It's like every fat person at every ride, Marley Blonsky. Like I wanted to like have a conversation about fat phobia. Like, yeah. Dude. And like, I'm like, nah, I got the time. Like so it was a family ride. You know, we were leading the children and teaching them how to shred it like this one little kid he was like two he rode a scoop like a whole mile I was like you're shredding that's so but awesome like, right but then someone thought I was Marley Blonsky we don't even look similar but no they were both chubby you know yeah. <laughs> so it, it was so all right I last I year last year at Steamboat one of our mm-hmm. teammates yeah. who's like six two um similar build but obviously much larger than me because she's six yeah. two got called Marley and it's like I, I know that this has happened to like my black friends. They get called each other's names yeah. all the time. We all look the same. Apparently yeah. so. We're all fat yeah. fat people on bikes and we're yeah. all Marley, which I mean, I'm I'm not that's mad not about cool. it, but also that's it's kind of it is funny. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we Just should sex. get we should right. get shirts made with like the hello my name is stickers, but <laughs> it's hello my name is not Marley Malonsky. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me my name, bro. Ask I'm me my to... name. Yeah, yeah. It's oh interesting though. It's 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 it's, it's interesting um to be in this club now yeah in this club. you know because I, I mean I didn't do it to be in the club I did it because I wanted to do it yeah you know and now people are like you asked that question down on the bottom of the questionnaire was like what's next and I like, shit it's like when you just had a baby and people are like what you want to have another baby when are you gonna have another baby it's like dude I just burned this <laughs> I need some time yes yep. Like I need some time to process is like my fear is I mean, so having a brain injury, it has affected my short term storage okay. and my long term storage. So memory is the thing. That's why I have my chubby bike lady because that's I write extensive notes on my chubby bike lady. That's how I remember everything, right? So uh I'm so worried that I'm gonna forget this that like I have uh, friends who are meeting with me and transcribing. So like we're doing Zoom meetings and then I tell them stories that come up and then they transcribe it and they give it back to you. 
I was going to ask, like, would you ever consider writing a book? Um, I would love to uh, access wise. It has to come out in conversation. Sure. Um, like like a, a memory I have is like climbing Tahoe, which has always been really hard for me, but it was so easy. And I, I was feeling very emotional because I, I was like water, because like, I hadn't seen water in so long. I live in Alameda. I'm surrounded by water. It's an island, right? I'm on the bay. I see water all the time, but I had seen water for so long. When I got to Tahoe, it was water. like so much water. I was crying. I saw a bear. I saw a couple bears. I'm climbing up the, the, the nudie beaches down there and there's a big all people like to park up top. Some dude is outside of his car with a bowl of strawberries. My first instinct as a city girl is to say, mm, no, we don't accept strawberries from strangers. We don't, we don't do that. We don't <laughs> accept strawberries from strangers. And then something inside me was like, no, let's do that bottle of water and strawberries. I'm going to have some strawberries. Was he naked? No. Oh, okay. He, I got distracted by the, the nudie beach. I was like, where but, is this but, going? You know what? I, I, but I, I stopped and I, I thanked him for his strawberries. They were the best strawberries. And they got me over Spooner. Spooner was easy. Is that a big uh, hill? Yeah, Spooner's the okay. big hill. But it used to be really scary for me, but it wasn't. And he gave me water and he had water and it was sealed, you know, but it's, it's so funny how, like I will never say I will never say people from people mm. this people that I I was always very cautious to say that but I will tell you that humans um if you really need to restore your faith in humans riding your bicycle across America will help you uh you know uh being attacked by horseflies I'd never I didn't know what horseflies mm. were I'm a city girl some random human at a coffee shop was like, I have some spray in my car. Come, I'll spray your legs for you, you know? Like, yeah. and then, like, people who just genuinely care about you because you're a human, doesn't matter what they believe or who they are or where they live or whatever, people, like, you know, were really nice to me. I and, love that. And I think that, that that's one story that I'm I'm keeping with me because I think, I think life beats you up sometimes. Yeah. It really does. And it and sometimes it confirms what you really w- are afraid of, that that the world is a rough place. And then you just put yourself in a real vulnerable. It's very vulnerable being mm-hmm. on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And, and being on a bicycle as a woman and with a disability that can leave you unconscious and can leave you even more vulnerable to, to be out there and to see such kindness you know it, ch- it changes you it does yeah um I have had I, similarly like when you're bike touring you are incredibly vulnerable but I think that's when the best in humanity comes out um they people just want to help you and if, even if it's like I don't need any help it's like do you want strawberries sure that sounds delightful um I'm really happy that you had such a positive experience yeah, yeah. um and it like it warms my little cold dead heart uh change me yeah i'm also like i have enough there's a lot of reasons in life to be bitter and to be cold it it really is yeah Yeah. but these are the times where like we have to put them down like and listen to people you know like listen even just listen to the water listen to the land like i really had a lot of i mean my my iphone was broken oh and my airpods were broken (laughs) 
So I had a lot of time to not listen to music. I love mm -hmm. music. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of time to listen to cars and to the road and so you know, streams on the side of the, you know. And this, this changes you. Definitely. Definitely. Well, yes. <laughs> um, we are we are getting to our last two questions. Um, yeah. right before we get to those, though, Jen, when people hear this and want to follow you on all the things and stay in touch, where can they, where can they find you? What chubby do they need bike, to know? Chubby bike lady. If they, if I, I, I think some people want to follow me on Facebook, but uh, I, I have I'm Jennifer Levine, but there are thousands of us. So uh, <laughs> it's just easier if, you know, maybe if you have a friend or if you have a friend of a friend that has an Instagram, like you can check in with them. And uh, I don't have yeah. any other kind of thing yet, um, but uh, Instagram, I, I have Chubby Black Lady. Yeah. Perfect. And we'll put, we'll write a link to that in, in the show along yep. with um, some of the other things we talked about, you know, warm showers, adventure cycling, the Katie trail, um, some of the Katie other things trail. that we talked about as well. <laughs> Yes. I wish yes. you all could see this. Jen is currently doing a dance yep. on the Katie Trail. <laughs> yep. um, so if the Katie Trail folks are listening, I found your new spokesperson. Um, yes. She will evangelize the trail oh, to yeah. everybody. Um, yeah. Is and the a... trail, the trail angels, like I got a flat one day. Some dude, like I totally can change a flat. This like magical person just showed up to help me. Like just hold my, my, my flat kit for me so it didn't have to get dusty on the ground. Oh, that's so kind. Actually, before we go to those last two questions, um, tell us about the bike you rode. Oh, yeah. so I, I, this bike was a gift to me. It was it's a surly long haul trucker. No, nice. surly disc trucker. Okay. Uh, it was a gift for me. Um, and, uh, it's a great bike. The tires that came stock eventually wore out in Colorado and then university bicycles, uh, put some Schwalbe marathons on for me. Nice. And I went all the way home from Colorado without any flats. Nice. Was that university bicycles in Boulder? Yep. Nice. I gave they, a, I gave a talk there last year. I forgot what the, the, the lady's name was the, the female mechanic who did my, um, who did my uh, tune-up, but she was amazing. I uh, was just a part of this uh, program for women in the Bay Area. Uh, Spokeland gets women mechanics to work with women to teach them how to be uh, mechanics uh, nice. or, you know, fix their own bikes. So, yeah, um, I was I was like, I want a woman mechanic. So, yeah. There you go. So cool. Women supporting well, women. For, yes, exactly. Um, we ask all of our podcast guests two last questions. Mm -hmm. um, if you listen to the show, you know what's coming. Um, but yeah. what does your perfect day on a bike look like? Okay. I've been thinking about this. Because any day on a bicycle is a good day. But then some days aren't so good. But... <laughs> all right. So here's my favorite day on a bicycle. Get up in the morning. It's early. Like 5.30 early before the sun rises. So in, in the Bay Area, it's still kind of wet and foggy and dewy, you know? And I roll into my coffee shop. I have a coffee and a bagel with with sprouts, extra sprouts, right? Okay. And then I head to the Barts, probably head to the city or head to San Francisco or head to Marin um, to do some climbing. So climbing early is nice because you don't get too hot. 
Um, and then I spend the whole day riding, maybe go by the water. I love And maybe I get some lunch somewhere that has really good sandwiches or something like a cold lunch because I love cold food. I'm just out all day. And then I roll in in the evening and have a really nice dinner. And it's super chill. No work, no errands. Just ride all day long. Yeah. Oh, that That's sounds amazing. amazing. That does sound like the perfect day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like to be with others. I like to be with people. I, I, I like maybe one or two people. Yeah. Nice. People that I really dig, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you get along well with and can ride together with. That's perfect. Always nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then the last question, if there was one thing that you could talk to people more about that you wish more people asked you about, what would that be? We're making her dig deep. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me the question one more time. If there was any one thing that you wish more people would either ask you about or listen to you talk about, what would that be? I think my life. I think I would like to talk yeah. about my life. I think we all like to tell our own stories and I think we like to feel heard. I think everyone wants to feel heard, but I think we keep, I think people in general are so busy, do, 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 that we don't get a lot of chance to just, just like be and like listen to each other. And I think that that's like the magic of being human is like we carry all these stories and we generally don't get to share them until we're an elder. Yeah. And And I think like, there's a lot of magic in women sharing with each other and people generally just sharing with each other. Um, um, but I love to, I love storytelling. Yep. And um, I have a hard time with writing. Um, I'm better at, at talking. And so um, um, I, I also have a lot of really beautiful memories of a lot of bicycles. I know, you would ask me what what is my favorite trip? Like one one of the questions was one of my what was my favorite trip? But like yeah. every trip is my favorite because it means I, I got to go. Yeah. You know, I got to go, I got to see it, you know, and like I, I get to collect all those wonderful things. And I think that if I could have anybody like if I could talk about anything, it would be like my experience of being Jen or my experience of being in the world on a bicycle or just my experience of being in the world as myself. You know. Awesome. Um, Jen, it has been an absolute delight to chat with you. And I think you should tell your story. I think you should write a book. Um, Mm -hmm. I I would read it. I would listen to your stories. It sounds like you've had a fascinating life. Um, And thank you for sharing it with our All Bodies on Bikes listeners. 100%. Thank you. Um, So you can find Jen on at Chubby Bike Lady on Instagram. We will have a link to her profile in our bio. Um, you should definitely check out her Instagram. She's got a lot of fun stories from her ride yes. across America. Some dancing. You could hear what the Mormon <laughs> cricket story is all about oh, on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you so much. And if you enjoy the podcast, please make sure you subscribe. Is that what we just got to subscribe? I, like, yeah, I think follow. so. Yep. Um, give us a rating because it helps other people find the show. Share yes. it with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell us who you want to see on the show. Send yeah. us an email, podcast at allbodiesonbikes.com. Um, or if you have any questions for us or topics you want us to tackle. Um, 
welcome back from summer vacation, kids. Uh, <laughs> the show is back in session. So yeah, right. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Yes. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening. Thank you.